Hey everyone, welcome to the Paw Awareness Podcast and thanks for joining me. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And also check us out at pawawareness.org and on Instagram at pawawareness underscore official. On Instagram, we are doing submissions for Pet of the Week where you can submit your foster pet and we'll pick one winner every month and we'll give $200 to their choice of charity or foster. Thanks for watching and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Paw Awareness Podcast. Today I have Jane Marcus with The Dog Stop and really excited to talk with you today. Thank you for coming on and I want to go ahead and let you introduce yourself as well as the business and what you guys do. Okay, so my name is Jane. I do a lot of things for The Dog Stop, but I am a regional manager for the dog stop, which means I basically work um, to manage all of our corporate locations. I work with in conjunction with our, our corporate team to make sure that, well, what we do at the dog stop is we do daycare, um, boarding, grooming, retail, and training. So um, we at corporate make sure that all of our quality standards are being upheld, that, you know, our policies and procedures are being followed to make sure that our teams on the ground at various dog stop facilities are getting the real dog stop experience that they should of saying, I guess, quality assurance. <laughs> yeah. And where are you guys located at? Like it's why, or I guess, you know, is, is it multiple locations, right? Is it, you know, yeah. what's that looking like? So Chris and Jesse, who are our co-founders, um, they it's a Pittsburgh-based company. So the first store was located, was our Washington Boulevard, Boulevard store in the east end of Pittsburgh. And then they started franchising from there. So we have three corporate locations in Pittsburgh and I believe four other franchise locations in Pittsburgh. But then we also have two stores in Ohio, um, one in Alabama, one in Louisiana, one in Nashville now. We have one in Delaware and we're opening up four or five more, I believe in the next year or so. So we're getting to be all around the country, but um, the majority of our stores are in Pittsburgh. Now, what kind of dogs are you getting? Right, I imagine it's a range of, a range of dogs. Like, and do you work with any you know, rescues? shelters or are there any partnerships forged? I feel like this whole community is kind of just, you know, we're all kind of like networking together, it seems in the last 10 years or so. What's your, what's that like? That's an interesting question because I think that when people hear about the business model of what we do, which is a lot of people know us as a doggy daycare. Um, and I think a lot of people have this idea in their head that, um, you know, we get for for dogs all the time who are carried around in purses and it's a luxury service but more and more what we're seeing is people who are working long hours uh, working doctors and nurses um people with puppies people with dogs with separation anxiety that couldn't have dogs if it weren't for what we do um so we get all sorts of dogs not just the typical we get a lot of small teacup dogs too, who, who do come in in purses maybe, which is fine. You do you. But we also get a lot of high energy labs and doodles. We get a lot of doodles. Working breeds like cattle dogs and Aussies who are just maybe one to two walks a day is just not sufficient. But then also, you know, what we do in our sort of all-inclusive model is 
Um, the goal is to be sort of a one-stop, all-inclusive thing. So they get their food and nutrition advice from people who work in our stores. Um, they come to our groomers to get their dog's haircuts. They board their dogs with us while they're out of town. Um, they get their training and puppy classes from us. And what we've started doing too is because the, the rescue community and the dog care industry, there, there's a huge overlap, right? It's a Venn diagram where at some point it's going to overlap. And my background, I come from a rescue and shelter background. So I have a real passion for this and, and seeing how everybody, like you said, everyone in the community, anyone who does anything with dogs can really partner up and help out where we can. So the nice thing is we do, let me preface this by saying, I don't speak for all of our franchise stores. I'm speaking right now primarily for our corporate stores, but we do um, free daycare for dogs who are currently in shelters or in foster. We've partnered with a lot of rescues in the past. Biggie's Bullies, Hello Bully, we did. Um, they We just started a partnership where they were providing food for their, I forget what their pantry is called, but it's for low um, underserved communities who need you know low cost dog food. They're buying it wholesale from us. We've done uh, fostering with animal advocates, with foster farm, with a lot of different rescues. So what we'll do is we're a good sort of in-between option for maybe these smaller rescues who don't have a lot of options right away. So let's say um, a rescue really wants to pull a dog from out of town and they don't have a home-based rescue or foster home set up right now. They can come to the dog stop and get that in place, but but they're in a safe place for the meantime. You know, we can get them cleaned up, give them a bath, uh, make sure they get good food, uh, make sure they are safe until they can find a home-based foster home. We've also done meet and greets at our stores. So we have uh, local rescues who work with us. And it, for dog-friendly dogs, it's really nice because if, if they're going to be in a, a shelter environment, where, I, you know, I say shelter, we're, we're not a shelter, but um, a kennel or suite-based environment, they get to go to daycare all day if they stay with us. So it's a really nice way to give back to the community. And also it's smart from a business standpoint, because hopefully those, you know, we retain those customers after the dogs get adopted and they're a dog stop customer for life. So it's definitely mutually beneficial, but we want to make sure that we are helping out with the rescue community as much as possible. Um, we're there for anyone who needs us. So um, it's a really exciting thing to be able to do. Yeah. And I think that's awesome that you, you know, that you're running it like a business. It is a business. And, you know, when you can, it's, there are so many organizations that, you know, don't do that or they're, they don't have the ability to, and they're, you know, kind of like pigeonholed for money. So you guys are able to provide some top quality services. Now, in terms of like the doggy daycare, what's that like? Like what's, I mean, I guess I've just, I've never used doggy daycare personally. So first time, uh, first time we're over here, like, what do I expect? Oh, what a loaded question. Um, <laughs> it, it sort of depends. So it's not really a question you can answer um, unless you're talking about one specific facility. So um for let me speak to the dog stop as a whole and what we try and do. So the important thing for us is that each dog's individual experience is 
customized to their specific needs. So let's say you have a dog who gets really overtired halfway throughout the day. Maybe they only do half days. So the first half of the day, they go into daycare with their friends. And the second half, they're in one of our suites and they're napping and until their parents pick them up. Maybe you have a dog who likes smaller groups. Maybe they go into a room that's a little bit more of a customized smaller group. We have dogs who come in and have to take a break, you know, every hour or so, so that they don't get overstimulated. Puppies, puppies should be sleeping, you know, 16 to 20 hours a day. You can't bring a puppy to doggy daycare and assume that they're going to play with their friends for 14 hours. It doesn't work that way. So we have to make sure that they get adequate rest throughout the day. So what does it look like? I, I guess my question would be, what does your dog look? You know, do you have a working breed dog who likes to go with dogs of similar play style? Do you have a younger dog who is overwhelmed by sort of the more older assertive dogs? You know, and, and what environment sets them up for success? So they can, a lot of our dogs, and I will say the majority of our dogs are regulars. So they adapt very well to the group dynamic because they know most of their dogs that they're in doggy daycare with. So parents drop them off in the morning, um, pick them up at night, and throughout the day, they are just playing in their friend, with their friends in, in one of our daycare rooms. Um, we have pup cams, so parents can watch them on the cameras when they are at work. We sometimes have dogs who need to be pulled out to eat lunch. We do that. But we also have dogs who are not, and I have one. Fred, say hi. So <laughs> this guy back here, um, yes. not a big fan of traditional dog daycare. I have one who, who likes it and one who doesn't. And it can just be overwhelming, a little bit of a chaotic environment, which is exciting and fun for some dogs, but not for others. So what we're starting to do as a company, and we've introduced it in um, our East End location for right now, is something called our enrichment program, which is I'm very excited about this. So I'm going to try not to ramble too much, but it's basically an alternative to to traditional daycare as most people know it. You know, drop your dog off, they play with their friends for 14 hours, you pick them up at the end of the day or eight hours, nine hours, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, I always tell people sometimes, you know, when you hang out with your friends or pre-pandemic when we all saw people at some point, you know, did you hang out with your friends for 10 hours at a time? Probably not. It, it gets really tiring. So um, we see some dogs that are the same way. Some dogs don't have an issue. They can self-soothe in the room just fine. They love that all day. But for the dogs who don't, we are starting to do alternative activities instead of daycare. So what we do with our enrichment program is our one of our trainers at East End, Christine, she runs the program and we do nose work, agility, puzzle time, flirt, pull, play, training, treadmill, you know, ball pit. She does small customized group plays of two to three dogs. So, you know, these people who don't have traditionally daycare friendly dogs can still come drop their dogs off in the morning, pick up at night, but they're doing alternative activities. So this is a long roundabout way of answering your question of what does doggy daycare look like to say, I think that would be an easy question 10 years ago for me to answer, but the industry is progressing so, so rapidly that now we really have to figure out what does that dog and the owner want doggy daycare to look like? Because that's the most important way to manage your energy dynamic in these rooms and make sure that your dogs are as happy as possible. 
Yeah, that's a great answer. And, and you're right. It does seem like it is evolving so quickly. And to kind of piggyback off of that, like, what are some things that you see the dog stop doing down the road, right? I mean, I know you mentioned this upgraded next level daycare that I didn't even know was a thing. But what about like, you know, I, and you, you mentioned expanding locations. What else, like, where do you see the dog stop going? Like, what's kind of the, seems like it's a really expanding company. More and more people getting dogs, needing dogs, needing, you know, watch time for their dogs, right? So I would imagine something along those lines, right? Yeah, that's the hope. So, you know, if we're talking me and my ideal world, what I want to see the daycare do um, or the dog stop do as a whole is, is become more of, you know, Animal Friends did it really well. So those of you who know Animal Friends in Pittsburgh, they started out as a shelter, right? But they have rebranded in the past 15, 20 years as more of a resource center um, because they've expanded what they do. They do aggressive spay and neuter. And, and, you know, not only do they do adoptions, but they do community outreach and stuff like that. So I'd like to see, um, you know, the company expanding into something like that for more resources for people who can't go to more corporatized doggy daycares and boarding facilities because their dog just doesn't fit that mold. So um, definitely expanding our um, foster and rescue part of what we do, more charity partnerships. We're all super excited about that. But, you know, I, I think that the focus of what our industry does should be focused on low stress environmental stimulus and handling. So, you know, the, the rescue industry does it already. They are all positive reinforcement. They are on board with, you know, you have to, when you have these dogs who are come from um, all sorts of different backgrounds, maybe they're incredibly stressed and you have to be ahead of the curve as far as minimizing their um, stress threshold goes. So rescue is doing it already. I think that our industry took not just the dog stop, you know, when I got into this and especially 15, 20 years ago, our industry took advantage of the fact that these are people's pets and they have stability at home. So, you know, they can just go to daycare or be in a kennel for boarding and they're fine. But that's really not what we're learning anymore. Um, you know, we're learning that the the more optimized your environment is for the dog's stress levels and mental health. First of all, the easier your job is for your staff on the ground, the less fights you have, um, the happier your clients are and the happier your dogs are. So, you know, adding things like enrichment as alternatives for dogs who don't love other dogs or even who do, you know, we have a dog at East End who has been coming to daycare for years, but his parents have added enrichment on throughout the day. And really what, what enrichment does is it, it helps build confidence um, in the dog through structured activities so that they can interact with their world in a way that makes sense to them, you know, in a, in a more, in a less chaotic way than daycare would be. So it, it actually improves behavior in daycare we see and at home. So, sorry, I go off on tangents a lot. Oh, this so, is great. What I want to see the dog stop specifically do in the future is is enrichment, you know, looking into facility upgrades that minimize stress. So 
sound absorbing panels on the walls, um, colors that are setting the dogs up for success. What music is most calming to them overnight in a boarding environment? Where are they located in the facility that makes most sense to them? You know, that's that's what I want. I I we really, really need to stop pretending like dogs are all one size fits all because they're not. And we don't give them enough credit to have appropriate responses in various environments in which they are put, even if those responses don't make sense to us. So whether that's a stress response, an anxiety response, an overcorrection to another dog, you know, they're just doing dog stuff. And we have to be the experts in the field to to start listening to these dogs and figure out what makes the most sense to them in this industry and catch up with the rescue world and um, catch up with zoos who are doing constant enrichment for their large animals and things like that. So that's the goal if if we're talking an ideal world. Yeah. And I think that's great too. Like looking at zoos, looking at rescues and, and like tying it all together, because at the end of the day, it's like you said, it's just about building up the animal's confidence and like doing what's best for them and you know there's I think there is a lot that like I even like you said the music that's being played affects them like there are all these like tiny little things that add up to this larger whole so no that's really cool and I've never been to Pittsburgh but if you're in the Pittsburgh area or it sounds like surrounding areas right how can yeah. people get in touch with you guys like where are you guys at like what like website you know, social media, stuff like that. Where can we get in touch with you? So thedogstop.com is your best bet. It has all of our locations listed, email addresses, phone, phone numbers, stuff like that. Social media, I should know. This is a good question for Jill, who's in charge of marketing. But we are on Facebook and Instagram for all of our locations. Just type in your local dog stop, I guess, if you are... <laughs> looking for that. Um, we And that's something to point out too. We do have different social medias for each location. So let's okay. say you use yeah. our like Delaware location, um, but you're on our, uh, one of our Pittsburgh pages, you're not going to see pictures of your dogs because each one is managed individually, you know, for, gotcha. for their Indep- location. Like independently owned franchise. Is that, what, is that how Some of are? them are. Yeah. Okay. Like no matter what medium uh, you're listening to right now, I will have I'll try to compile all of the dog stops and, you know, in one little area, that way you guys can navigate it depending on wherever you're at. And then obviously social medias, all that stuff too. But Jane, thank you so much. Like I learned a lot about doggy daycare. I learned a lot about the dog stop and really nice, refreshing topic. Thank you. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm sorry for everyone that I have bored for half an hour because if people give me an opportunity to talk about this stuff, I'll just go on forever. So hey, <laughs> I, I'm glad someone opened that door. <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much. It was great having you on. Thank you so much.